Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, your weekly radio show host, and this uh, show is brought to you from Spirit Seeker Magazine. So I wear many hats. I have been the publisher and founder of Spirit Seeker Magazine um, that has been in print since 1997 as a magazine. Uh, We started before that, uh, almost two years before that, as a quarterly newsletter. So we've been around for over 20 years, which is absolutely astonishing. It's flown by, and... um, It's a privilege and honor to bring the magazine to you each and every month and to bring this weekly radio show to our listeners. Uh, Times have changed. You know, I can remember when the Internet was something that, you know, we didn't really understand. I, I had an email address, I kid you not, for over three months before I figured out how to use it. So here we are in 2016, right on the eve of moving into 2017, and the world is changing, and we are all connected so quickly with information, and, you know, it's just really fabulous times that we're living in, and we're all so um, amazingly connected through our mind, body, and spirit. So tonight, we are in for... um, I am the host, and I'm I'm the guest, so I'm doing the whole deal tonight, and I welcome uh, you as the listeners, and remember, the this show becomes a podcast the minute it is finished, so um, many of you know that if you can't listen to it live, you listen to it later at your um, at when it's convenient for you. We know this because we get the stats. We get how many live listens and how many listens are later. You can also um, download this uh, the show as an MP3 file and then share that with friends and family. And that's really what helps get the word out. Um, Spirit Seeker, as I said, is a is a monthly magazine. It is distributed as a print magazine in the Midwest, Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, and cities in between. We also ship to conferences all throughout the United States. Uh, we were read by um, readers throughout the U.S. and that we have uh, been online since 1998. So you can read us at spiritseekermagazine.com or just go to spiritseeker.com and um, and you'll see the, the cover of the recent issue. You just click on it and then there is your um, you know monthly magazine. We also have all of the radio shows archived. If you click on the radio show icon in the left-hand corner, that will take you to my radio show page, and then you can download, I don't know, there's just, hundreds of radio shows. Um, The other thing that we offer is a weekly email newsletter. And that newsletter just lets you know about different events throughout the U.S. when the magazine is online and who the radio show guests are. Um, We also do periodic drawings to give away books, CDs, DVDs, etc., movie tickets. We we get all kinds of gifts here at Spirit Seeker. So if you... um, if you want to be added to our sacrosanct email list, we do not sell that list. Um, it is ours, and it's you know totally um, your your name won't be sold to other places, which a lot of places do. Um, send us an email to info info at spiritseeker.com, asking to be added uh, to the email list. Okay, so just a couple more announcements, and then we're going to go right into the full hour on uh, feng shui and uh, how to create more happiness and joy in your life. The announcement that I want to make is that I do feng shui consultations remotely. I um, I certify feng shui practitioners in the Midwest, but I have worked remotely, I don't know, as, for, for almost as long as I've been a consultant. Um, 
with with Skyping and or digital photos um, and the consultation form, there's just it's almost like me being there in person. Um, I do offer that, and I also have holiday specials through January 10th. Where if, if so, if you've been thinking about getting a feng shui consultation and you're just like, oh, it's like just not in my budget, um, I have specials on that. I have specials on my readings. I normally only do 30, uh, 30 minute and 60 minute uh, spiritual intuitive readings, but I am doing 15 minute readings through the holidays uh, and through January uh, 10th. So I have 15 minute readings, and that's just all all new. Um, okay, so I think that's it. If you want to reach Cindy Meyer, all you have to do is uh, call the office at 636-530-7579 or uh, email me at info at spiritseeker.com. Okay, so you're going to hear a lot of different things about um, feng shui in the next hour. We have, and you can call in, what, you know, you can ask questions. You just have to push one star on your phone or um, you can call in to the um, to the radio station. Um, but if you're listening to this, you already know the number. Um, you're already here. Um, but if you but if you're listening via the internet, which does happen, um, you can call in at six four six 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 eight eight two five six. Okay, so there we go. That is it. Some of you also have the call on number of 347-857-4447. Both numbers will work. Okay, so here we go. What is feng shui? What does it mean? And and why can anyone and everyone benefit from the knowledge and teachings of feng shui? Feng shui is an ancient, and I do mean ancient, uh, method of working with your uh, space and harmonizing your living space with the energies in the living environment. It's an, um, it comes from, um, from the Chinese uh, knowledge and system. Uh, there's also Vastu, which is uh, from the Hindus. And there are other studies that are similar, but, but Feng Shui comes from China. Um, I am trained in black hat sect um, and Western feng shui, but there are other methods uh, that you will hear. There's flying star. There's there's a few other different methods, but but for the most part, if you say you're trained in black, black hat sect feng shui or Western feng shui, um, it's it's well respected throughout the world. And what feng shui means is wind and water. So when we um, and you think, okay, so what does wind and water have to do with changing my life? Well, when you think of the wind, uh, you think of either like a wind that knocks you over um, or a chilling wind to the bone, bone or, um, or on a hot day and then all of a sudden there's a breeze, you're like very grateful. But either way, no matter what, when you have wind, you have movement. Um, and that's what the whole aim of feng shui is, is to have movement, but to have it um, in a way that is not a tornado or overwhelming you or a tsunami or whatever. It's movement uh, uh, in the form of balanced 
uh, energy or chi so that it feels peaceful, and uh, but yet it's not stagnant. So we don't have a still brook. We don't have like a humid day in the Midwest where you're just like there's nothing moving and everything is heavy. Instead, it's light, it's airy, um, and it fosters a feeling of, of ease and contentment. Okay, so that's the fung, the wind, and the shui is the water. Same principle in a different way. Water is one of the strongest forces of nature. Water can cut through, um, you know, almost anything. It can make its own way. As we know from floods, we know from hurricanes, we know from tsunamis, um, we know from the tides coming in and out and flowing, you know, each and every day. So what we want, once again, is we want movement, but we want balanced, harmonious uh, movement. So when you hear the sound of a, of a, a, a trickling stream, you know, you know that that is just, it's just very peaceful. And that's why there are so many meditation tapes made with that sound of the, you know, the water and the streams. And, you know, many guided meditations will have you envision a waterfall flowing over your head and washing away everything, you know, all stress, all, you know, um, frazzledness, so to speak, um, washing it away and returning it to Mother Earth who absorbs it and balances it and grounds you. So the whole thing is feng shui, when balanced and um, and harmonized, uh, then all then you just feel peaceful and yet energized at the same time. So the reason we work with our uh, environment in our homes and our external environments outside the home is so that we can create this feeling of harmony um, and and uh, gentle aliveness. I don't think I've ever called it gentle aliveness, but that really is what it is. It's being fully alive, but not too much to the point where, you know, you know, like when my energy is too high, I blow out light bulbs, I blow out all kinds of electrical things. I don't do that nearly as much, but in the past um, many years ago, but it still happens occasionally, if I'm not... Um, if I'm not balanced, if I just have too much energy running through me, um, I will blow things out. And so uh, as a real estate agent, it was it was kind of hard for me um, to open houses with the, the Supra, the, you know, the, the key that's, you know, a laser remote key. I would blow those things out all the time. And, you know, finally I realized that I had to calm myself down before I used the laser eye to open the super to get the key out to go into the property to show, you know, my client. It was it was it was one of my hardest learning lessons in uh, real estate, which sounds funny to the average listener, but when your energy field is too high, it becomes uh, it becomes not balanced. So um, so that is what we want. We don't want to walk into a house and feel intensely stimulated on every level. And you've all been in those kind of houses where you walk in and your eye. Uh, is going in every direction, and you just feel almost like assaulted. Um, it can be from clutter. You know, anytime we have way too much clutter, uh, what happens is our mind can't can't register it. It's just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, and and you know, it's just overwhelming. Um, by the same token, when you walk into a house, and you know, any of you that have ever looked online at um, at homes, you know, the pictures are there, and the pictures say a thousand words, and you know, 
we can tell our client, I, I guess you figured out, I'm a real estate agent, I'm a feng shui consultant, and I'm an energy practitioner. So um, energy medicine practitioner, I should say. And so um, I read the energy of homes. I read the health of homes. I read the health of the occupants. It's one of the things that feng shui consultants analyze is, you know, have, you, have there been any illnesses um, of the occupants in the house? Have there been any loss of jobs? Has there been any loss in income? Has there been, you know, you look at the health of the people, you look at the health of the home, you look at the relationships, you know, when a um, when a house has had a lot of loss, you know, deaths or divorce, and then the next couple moves in, and then there's another divorce, you know, um, all of that energe- energetically affects the house. So what we want when we enter a home is to feel a little bit snappy, like you can feel like, whoa, there's something different about this house, and you want you want to feel that happiness and you can feel when a house is happy or when it isn't and, and studies show that when a person when buyers are looking at houses oftentimes within eight seconds they've made a decision mm-hmm. eight seconds can you imagine but it's if they and this is why it's suggested that you neutralize the home when you neutralize a home then the person can envision themselves in the home but if you have too many things that are distracting which means um, let's let's just start with colors. You know what I was going I mentioned and I got sidetracked is when you look at the pictures of the house online. When you go from one room and it's a pink room, then you go to the next room and it's a blue room, and you go to the next room and it's a green room, or you go to this room and it's got this kind of curtains, and you go to that room and it has this kind of window treatment. All of it becomes disorienting, and so the more you can see the home and not the things in the home, then you have created harmony. And that is true beauty. And um, and so in a home, you want, to, um, you want to create that wind and water movement, but peaceful movement. So less is more. It's a very Zen thing. And it's not that, you know, feng shui is, um, is a Buddhist teaching, um, but to a degree, um, a lot of the, um, a lot of the teachings of, of the Zen mind, um, pretty much match a lot of the teachings of feng shui. Okay. So let's start with, um, a few other basics of feng shui. One of the basics in feng shui is love it, use it, or lose it. And this is um, a really good way to live your life anyway. If if something has served its purpose and uh, you are, it is no longer part of your life, then it is time to let it go. So this year with the holiday season, I um, I made the commitment to let go of any holiday decorations that I did not absolutely love, that I hadn't used in the last two years, um, or that just it was time to let it go. So um, I made three separate trips to the donation center and gave things to some friends and family that came through. And, you know, I had my car filled, uh, my trunk today, and I was taking a friend to the airport, and the other friend was there when we opened the trunk, and I and she saw this Frosty the Snowman. And I said, and it's really adorable, but it's just, I, I don't, you know, it just is too much right now for everything else that I have. And so the Frosty the Snowman went home with her. She sent me a picture of it later. It was right next, you know, at her front door, and it looked absolutely fabulous. And so I let that go, knowing, you know, that she would enjoy it. But, you know, 
it's but when you let things go, you can't be attached to um, where they're going or how it's going. I mean, that will slow you down. The main thing is love it. And I did love this frosty, but I had too many. Use it or lose it. And when you start to live your life with every single thing in your life has meaning, your life will be happier. You know, we live in a society where, you know, we've been um, we've been trained through the TV commercials, through um, the radio advertising, through all of it to buy, 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 buy. So one of the things that I suggest to people who have too much stuff is for every new thing that you bring into your house. So say you bring in a lamp, then you need to let two things in your house go. Say you bring in a new pair of, you know, pair of slacks or whatever, then let two things in your closet go. You know, I have, I have a cousin who, who, you know, I used to think, what? Why is she this way? And then I got it. Her closet was such that you could walk into, and it was a big walk-in closet. You could walk in, and there was hardly anything in her closet. And yet, everything that she had in that closet, she absolutely loved, and she wore. She let everything else go. And, and, you know, it wasn't a financial thing. She could have afforded whatever she wanted in that closet. But she knew that as she treasured and, and could see the different items in her closet, you know, how many of us, myself included, you know, not so much now because I've worked on this, have had closets so filled with two sizes, in my case, two and three sizes of clothes. Um, and now it's just, no, whatever's in there fits now um, or, you know, I'm moving into that size, but I don't even do that so much anymore. I, for the most part, truly everything in my closet is what's current. And um, and when you know when I change a size, I let everything go because I don't want to go back to the other size. Number one, number two, having multiple size clothes in your closet encourages you to be more like a yo-yo with your weight. And the more that you say and make a commitment that this is who I am. At this present moment, the better your life will be. Otherwise, you find yourself, when I lose or when I get there or when I, when I, and then you're in the future. Or, well, I'm going to save these because I know I'm going to get back to where I was. And, you know, I've seen people who are in their 60s and 70s with things from when they were 18 years old. I'm sorry, that is, you know, with clothing, it's just, you know, unless you're a vintage person, um, totally, it's just it's just not who you are present time. So the more you let go of your past or what doesn't uh, represent who you are today, the better um, your life will be. Okay, so in feng shui, we talk about um, qi or energy. And um, there's different definitions of qi, uh, but the bottom line is... Uh, in feng shui, we look at qi as universal um, energy that affects everything. So it's a universal life force. It's a current, shall we say, that runs through your your life. You can hear it called prana. You can hear it called pneuma. You can hear it called, uh, or see it spelled Q-I. You can see it spelled C-H-I. Um, but the bottom line is, is that you know, there's an energy field around around everything in your life, and your home is an energy field. So the more you amp up the chi or balance the chi, um, the more your house will be alive. 
So let's start with, with just the basic thing of plants. Okay, we all know that plants help absorb energy in our environment. We know that they, um, the way plants grow is through phytosynthesis and oxygen, and they emit this. So when you have a live plant, it brings a live, uh, live chi to your space. So fresh-cut flowers are a whole different ballgame than silk flowers. However, if you, um, if you cannot grow plants, if you just have a way of killing them, <laughs> which some people just, you know, they just don't have a way with plants. They forget to water them or they forget to put them, you know, where they get sunlight. So it's better to have silk plants than dead live plants. So the highest energy level are live plants. If you can't do that, then you go with silk plants that look so real you would never know the difference. We do not ever recommend using dried, dead flowers. There's no vitality, there's no chi, there's no energy to them. So the more you can surround yourself with um, things that are alive, and you know, one of the things that we say, uh, recommend for people who have stuck chi. Okay, now what happens when you have stuck chi is called sha chi or stagnant chi. And this can happen in a house where someone's been ill, you know, and we all know it. You know, we've all experienced it when we walk into a hospital room or we walk into a nursing home um, and, and we just, you know, we're assaulted with the smells and with the feeling of, um, of just, you know, it's just not as vital. Now, some places are vital, but, but a lot of them aren't. And so when you walk into a house where someone has been ill, even if you can't smell the the any of the smells with it, there's a feeling that goes with it. And what it is is it's uh, a person who is not feeling well, is not moving snappily. They're not exactly bouncing around and having fun or dancing or playing a piano. Instead, um, everything gets really ratcheted down. So, you know, and oftentimes the house cleaning isn't done because it's too much of an effort. Um, things become you know, stagnant with it's too hard to lift things, so things just stay where they are. So that creates what we call stagnant uh, sha chi. Now, one of the fastest ways to change chi or energy in a home and create a little more movement and happiness is to play music. Um, music and animals and children are the chi changers. I know it sounds funny. Now this is this is to create aliveness. I'm going to also give you a few tips on how to uh, you know change your house in other ways. But if you think about music, it instantaneously shifts the energetics of a space. Um, that is why a lot of companies will play music while you're on hold on the phone so that you don't get totally bored and you're not counting off the seconds. Instead, you're like all of a sudden singing to the song, um, and that um, and then children. What do children do? Children, for the most part, are happy little beings. They're running around. They're happy. They're here. They're there. And animals are the next thing. When you have a little dog and it's running around, wagging its tail, and it's all over the place, or you have a cat meowing and just wanting to be loved and petted, all of that changes the chi and the energy. Okay, so now other chi changers um, or energy changers are wind chimes and um and let's just go with wind chimes, and then I'll go to the multifaceted uh, feng shui balls. Okay, so wind chimes create 
movement. Even if the wind chime is not making a noise, when you look at that wind chime, you hear, in your, you know, without realizing it, you're hearing the sound of a wind chime or you're thinking about movement. So when you have an area of your house, um, most most people put wind chimes outside, and that really is the, the best place to put them. However, think about if any of you ever, have ever been to a nail salon. Um, if it's an Asian nail salon, when you enter the nail salon, almost always there's a little um, chime on the door where it tinkles and makes this beautiful noise when it comes in. Number one, it's to alert them that someone has entered, but number two, it's an energetic thing. In comes this little sound of joy every time someone comes in. So I use um, wind chimes in two areas, well, three areas, actually. Um, And I've used them in others. But right now I have them in my career area. And every time I hear the wind chime, Winds, wind chimes chiming, I think, oh, new, new um, opportunities coming my way. So the thing about feng shui is this. I can, I can make suggestions to clients and I can say, okay, you want to you wanna have a little more activity in your career and you want to have a little more happiness and joy in your career, you want some new opportunities coming your way in 2017, then I would really suggest that you place something symbolic of water because the career area is ruled by water, and also I would suggest that you put some wind chimes in that area. Well, if the person does that, but then they walk right by that seashell or that picture of the water or the sound of that uh, water fountain, and they just think, oh, that's a nice sound. It will work, but it's only going to go so far. If they hear the wind chimes, they're like, oh, that's a really nice sound, or they just totally like don't even hear the wind chimes because some people are so in their own little worlds, they're not even aware of sound. Um, it will work, but it's only going to work so far. However, intention is a big part of feng shui. So when we do a consultation and we make the suggestions and the clients either follow the advice or don't, the best thing for those clients if they choose to make the changes, is to do it with intention. So that every time they hear the water, new opportunities are flowing my way. Thank you for these new opportunities. Hear the wind chimes. Wow, listen to those wind chimes. They're beautiful, and they're just reminding me to be open to infinite possibilities and to know that good things are coming my way and opportunities are coming my way. And that is how feng shui works. So the more you set intention, the more your life will be um, supercharged and happy. It's just the way it works because if you set the intention and then you manifest it and then you enjoy it, um, that's another part about manifesting um, that I do want to mention. You have to acknowledge, you don't have to, but if you want to amplify the happiness in your life more, you will acknowledge when when you have successes uh, so that it's not, uh, it's not, set an intention, set a goal, get it, and then um, and then not even uh, acknowledge that you manifested it. And this is, this is where people, you know, kind of get caught up in their lives. They set a goal, they get it, then they go to the next goal, they get it, they go to the, and they never pause to acknowledge. And when you can acknowledge um, the, the different successes and achievements and just say, you know, thank you to the universe. Thank you. You know, that was so, so wonderful that this blessing uh, happened. Then more and more will come to you because that's just the nature of, of how the universe works. 
Okay, so in feng shui, we have nine areas that we um, that we consider. So um, you can see on, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Cindy Meyer, there's a forward, you know, that line that goes forward, and then C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R. On tonight's show, there is um, a, a what we call a bagua. You can see it, the nine-sided figure. Or if you email me at info at spiritseeker.com, uh, I'll repeat that, info at spiritseeker.com. I will send you the um, the basic diagram that we're going to do in just a moment, uh, but you'll have your own hard copy. And then you can use that to help you work with your space. So for tonight, though, I'm going to give you a couple minutes uh, to get a piece of paper and a pencil because I'm going to have you draw your own bagua or diagram in just a few minutes. Um, so we're going to talk about the nine areas. There are nine areas, and um, you will draw them, as I said, in a minute. So go ahead and get your paper and pens and be ready. Um, these nine areas are an, a blueprint to look at your life. So um, the reason we look at nine areas of our life is because our homes are a reflection of all nine areas of of, um, of the Bakwa. So um, let's go ahead and get started. If you would just act like you're playing tic-tac-toe and draw um, a tic-tac-toe board, two lines down, three across, so that, you know, if you, you, so you have nine areas. You have three in your back row, three in your middle row, and three in your front row. Now, you're going, we're going to do the bottom, front, bottom row first. So you have, you have three, then you go to the middle three, and then you have the back three. Um, so the front three on the on the left, you're going to put knowledge and self cultivation. I'm going to repeat that: knowledge and self cultivation. Then you do the middle square, and the middle square is career. Then you do the the right hand square in the front row, and that is helpful people and travel. I'll repeat that. Helpful people and travel. Okay, then you go to the second row on the left-hand side, um, health and family. Then you go to your middle square, and this is the middle square of, you know, this whole nine area um, section, and that middle square is your center. Then you go to the far right, children and creativity. So thus far, we have helpful people um, and travel on the right. We have children and creativity above it. And then uh, we go to the middle. We have career. We have center. And when we go to the far left, we have um, knowledge and self-cultivation and then health and family. Now we're going to go to the far left-hand corner in the back, and that is your prosperity, wealth and prosperity. So it's your money corner. Then you go to the middle section, and that is your fame and reputation. Then you go to the far right-hand corner in the back, and that is your love and marriage or relationships. Okay, so wealth and prosperity, fame and reputation, love and marriage slash relationships. Okay, so now you have your basic grid, and, um, and this is the blueprint for your home. And so most Western homes... If you were to take this little diagram and have it in your hand and stand facing your house 
almost, I, I would say 90% of Western homes, um, the front door is in the middle of of this. Uh, if you're looking at your house, the front doors are put in the middle. So if you look at your bagua, that front door is now in the middle of your bagua, which is career. Now, there are always exceptions to the rule. Sometimes the entrance is on the far right-hand side. Sometimes it's on the left. But either way, when you look at your house and you have this blueprint in your hand, for the most part, you can superimpose this over your floor plan of your house. So um, this is a crash course in this. There's way more to this. There's the Chinese five elements. There's balancing the five elements within each area. There's enhancing the, like I told you, career is ruled by water. Um, there's so much more to this. I'm going to just give you the basics so that you can start playing with it um, and using it with intention in your home. Okay, so when you draw your floor plan, you draw your floor plan pretty much as it is. And if you have an attached garage, you put the garage um, on your floor plan. If you have a garage that's separate from your house, that is behind your house, say you um, perhaps you you pull up, you know, to the, into the driveway and circle around and go back to the back, but it's separate from the house, then you don't count that. Um, if you have a huge deck or even a small deck that's attached to your house, that becomes part of your um, blueprint as well. So you take your floor plan, and then if you have like maybe it doesn't square all the way, maybe there's you know in my case. Um, I have a patio behind my garage that is a good part of my wealth corner, um, but it's outside hanging out there. So you take a dotted line and square off your floor plan if there's a missing area um, so that when you take your bagua grid, another word for it, bagua grid, and place that on your floor plan, you can then pretty much do your nine areas just like your tic-tac-toe, and then you draw that on your floor plan, and then you draw the um, the areas um, on each part of your floor plan. So then you know, like, you know, is your kitchen in the wealth corner? Is your kitchen in the relationship corner? Where is where Where are the different places in your home located? Um and this gives you a start. And if if you're missing an area and you think, oh, my goodness, I'm missing my relationship corner. No wonder I've had such a hard time with my relations, relationships. Or if you're missing a health and family and you had nothing but problems with your health, then you can realize that, you know, that's missing. There's no energy or vitality in your uh, environment that has to do with that. So those are called missing areas. And whenever we have a missing area, what we do is we um, we work with that by enhancing that area and you know in other parts of the house. So this bagua goes over your overall uh, home, but then it also then can go in any room. So let's imagine you're wa- imagine you're walking into your bedroom, and let's just say your bedroom falls into. Um, the location of your relationship corner in your house. But then within your bedroom, you take your floor plan and say your your doorway into your bedroom is in the far right-hand um, part of your bedroom. So you're entering in through um, helpful people and travel. You then can take the far left-hand, back left-hand corner of your room. That's your wealth, um, wealth area of that room. So in, in before, you're probably like, oh, I'm so totally confused. Don't be confused. Seriously, it's very simple. You you simply tic-tac-toe every room based on the way you're entering it. Um, 
in some rooms will be, like my bedroom is in all three areas. My bedroom goes uh, knowledge and self-cultivation, health and family, and wealth corner, because I have my master suite goes the whole way back. So that one room in my walk-in closet is in all three areas of um, of that side of the Bagua. So it's quite fascinating. And once you start working with this, it just gets more and more interesting um, and, you know, it, it just becomes fun. And when you make the changes with intention and then all of a sudden there you, you have it, you're like, oh, my gosh, I manifested that so quickly. And that's how this can happen. Um, and every person will want different things. I mean, some people, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll say, let's, you know, well, what about children and creativity? Oh, no, I don't want children. Or, oh, I already did that. That's over. Well, um, would you like to have a better relationship with the children that you have? Um, or would you like to be like a child who can just be happy and if they fall down and they skin their knees, you know, they get, they, you know, someone loves them, you know, tends to their knees and say, okay, and then the child says, okay, I'll better, and then out they go and play again. They don't get stuck on it. So children have the energy of moving and playing and, you know, not getting stuck on things. And then, um, and then the other thing about, um, about children and creativity is that it stimulates creativity. So when a, a writer has writer's block, we always suggest that uh, they work with their children in creativity area to stimulate, um, stimulate that, that energy in that area. Okay, so um, I'm going to mention it again. If you have a question that you would like answered, I will be happy to do a reading on your situation and give you some suggestions. Um, and I'm going, I have a few e emails that people sent to me, so I'm going to go over those in a minute. But if you're listening, all you have to do is press one star or one pound, either way, on your phone, and then that will alert me that you would like me to bring you on the air to ask a live question. Okay, so let's talk about uh, just a little bit more about... Um, about the energy of feng shui and um, and how to change it in your home. So I always suggest taking a clipboard and um, having, you know, paper and a pen and walk up to your houses if you're a guest. So as you're walking up to the house, is the, is the door number clearly marked? Um, can you see it on the mailbox? Can you see it from the street? Um, does the doorbell work? You know, um, what what is greeting you before you even ring that doorbell? You know, does the door look clean? You know, oftentimes we forget to clean our front doors, especially people in the Western world that come in their garage, they drive into the garage, they come in that side door, and then they're in their house. I give the assignment of coming in your front door for 30 days because then you experience um, what others experience when they come to see you. Um, does, is your doormat fresh? Did you put something new with a seasonal ornament or wreath or whatever on your door? Or have you had the same stuff on the door, the same wreath that's been there for you know a long time or the same doormat? You know, I, I talked about Sha Chi a little bit earlier in this um, show, and Sha Chi is stagnant chi. So when you see Asian shopkeepers and other shopkeepers who get finally, you know, understand it, not finally, but understand it, they sweep the doorway off before the day starts because what you're doing is you're sweeping away the old, sweeping it away, sweep, 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 and you're inviting in the new. So the more you work with your front door and your front porch and you create beauty and you create, you know, I, I have, you know, fresh plants until we hit winter, um, 
you know, but I always have something that brings energy. I have a fountain out there where you hear the water. I have the wind chimes. But it's also peaceful at the same time. And, um, you know, I love the holidays where I can change things and, you know, just always always changing it. Um, and the reason is is that, you know, in real estate, let's just, Let's just be honest. When you look at pictures online, it used to be that you'd drive by. Like, you know, agents would give you a list of houses. You'd drive by. You'd kind of tell them, okay, I'd like to see that one, that one, that one, based on, you know, not wasting time. And this was before the Internet. But now we have the Internet. And I can't stress enough, you know, I, you know, I – I tell my I hire a professional photographer in most cases unless it's a, a house that I feel that I can do justice to with my own photography skills. Most of the time, though, I, I hire a professional, and the reason is is those internet pictures are the first welcome card to your um, your potential buyer. And if they are seeing dark pictures and you can't see any natural light and it just looks creepy, they're not going to go see that house. They are not going to see it. But if they see a house with lighting, and lighting brings in fire energy, and um, and when you have um, you when you have fire energy, you have energy. So um, the color red brings in fire energy. The color oranges bring in intensity and passion, and um, and and lighting brings in energy. And so a house that is well lit or has a uh, where you can reduce the lights down to like you know, intimate and low lighting, or you can go bright light or in between. Anytime you can control the lighting in your home a little bit, it 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 sets the tone and it sets the energy of what you want to create. Okay, so let's, um, the first question is from um, Mary in Ohio. So let me read Mary's question. Mary wants to know, um, what do I do if I'm um, missing my love and marriage uh, area, if I'm missing that back right-hand corner, what would you suggest? Okay, so I kind of covered this already a little bit, but I want to just talk about the relationship corner in general. The relationship corner has to do with love and marriage, but it also has to do with partnerships. It also has to do with the female relationships in your life. So sister, mother, daughter, all that is affected by the relationship corner. Um, and your relationship with your beloved. So if you are missing the relationship corner or it's hanging out outside and, you know, there's just, you know, you're like, what the heck am I supposed to do? Um, There are several things you can do. You can, um, when you square that missing area outside, you can bring something symbolically to that area outside, which then completes the the square. And um, so with the relationship corner, you want to think pairs, you want to think two, you want to think love, you want to think, you know, um, the energy of two. So you can put... Um, two chairs with a table, like if you have a deck attached to your house and your relationship corner is outside, in that um, in that corner, that area where you know that's outside, put two chairs and a table in between, and envision sitting there with your divine partner or your sister or your mom, whoever you want to have this relationship with. Um, envision sitting there having a you know a wonderful glass of lemonade or you know a, um, you know a cup of tea or coffee or you know a glass of wine or whatever, but just envision having good conversation and the two of you being there. Um, so anytime you have a missing area, you want to fill it in as much as you can externally outside your house. But then if there's even a small part of it inside, 
then you want to bring that energy in. Um, but we have two relationship corners in our house. The one is the relationship corner, that back corner in the nine areas of the Bagua, but then your bedroom becomes a second relationship corner. So I do want to mention, you know, that don't feel like you're just totally lost if you don't have a relationship corner or you only have part of it. Um, instead, look at it like, okay, I need to enhance relationship in every um, every area of my of my um, house as much as I can, which then creates it in my life. Okay, so let's go to the bedroom. So the bedroom, as I said, is going to be whatever area it falls in, but you can also treat it as a relationship corner. So relationship uh, in your bedroom, it's your relationship with you and your beloved. Family photos do not belong in the bedroom. I don't care if it's even in health and family. You don't put your family photos in your bedroom. No, no, no. So no pictures of mom and dad on their wedding day. No pictures of your kids, you know, as they've developed along the way. Though this area is sacrosanct for you and your beloved. I once, um, okay, so, so Mary... Basically, I, I hope I've answered your question, but I'm going to give a few more tips on this um, and then uh, move on to a couple more questions. Okay, so in the in the relationship in, in your bedroom, um, I once had a client who had done all kinds of things. I'd worked with her as a coaching client, but I had never been to her home. And finally, I suggested I said I think I need to do a home visit and you know and have you know do a feng shui consultation on your space. So. There were several things with this, and I'm not going to go into all of them other than to say there's two things that I want to mention. Her relationship corner on the main level of the house, uh, the actual relationship corner of the Bagua, had a shrine to her sister and her father who had died five and six years before. Everything was still there. Everything, the pictures, the, the, the prayer cards from their funerals, it was pretty intense, and even flowers from the funeral. And so we cleared all of that out, cleared it all out, rearranged. It was also her office that was in this, um, it was a dining room office shrine to her um, her dead relatives. And so we cleared all this out, rearranged everything, and she cried for three days. And then after she got through it, she's like, I feel so much better in my house. It's like I actually am enjoying my office. It was really hard, she said, which I totally understood. But it helped her move forward and create more joy and love. Okay, so we spent a lot of time on her main level, but I said I need to see your bedroom. That's your second relationship corner. So we need to, you know, you know, explore that and have me make some suggestions. So when we walked in, first of all, her furniture was too big for the room. It was overpowering. You had to barely walk around the bed. The bed was in the wrong position, and I'm not going to probably have time to talk about all that tonight, but um, there's a there's there's different positions for bed. It's not good to put it underneath the window. It's not good to be putting it on the wall um, on the doorway because then a person's in the room before you see them. So I guess I did talk about it. Okay, and then the other thing is is um, she had her dresser filled every single space with photos of her friends and their spouses and their children and all these weddings that she had been in. There was not one inch of space that was not covered with photos. And so I said to her, I said, do you want your own um, guy or not? 
And she says, well, of course I do. I said, well, then get all these people out of your bedroom. She goes, but they make me happy. And I said, of course they make you happy because they have what you don't have. I said, but you have no space in this room to attract a partner in. And if a guy came in and, you know, if you ever made it to that stage where you were intimate and he was in your bedroom, you'd have this whole gallery of people watching you um, staring at you. And it's like, she she understood it and you know she cleared it all and she's had good success i you know i in relationships since then i also had a girlfriend who had nothing but single women from tahiti in her in her bedroom and she loved those pictures loved them but she hadn't had a date in you know or she'd had a date but not a serious relationship in over 12 years and so when she cleared out all the single women pictures from her room um, and put a picture symbolically of a man and a woman, you know, like Gustav Klimt does a wonderful one called The Lovers um, or The Kiss. And um, she she rearranged, she did some things, and now she's in a relationship, you know. And so, you know, there's lots of different things you can do. Um, TVs, by the way, do not belong in bedrooms. If you have a TV in your bedroom, then um, for the most part, the um, the TV will distract you and take you totally away um, from what the bedroom is for, which is for rejuvenation, relaxation, and um, helping you, uh, you know, have better sleep, etc. So if you have books all over in your bedroom, you aren't, are not going to sleep as well because all of those books have knowledge and it stimulates, it can overstimulate a person. TVs overstimulate. It's too much chi, it's too much energy. You know, it's it's... Bedrooms are, are designed to be a place of rest and privacy. They're what we call a yin room. We have yin and yang rooms. The yin rooms are, are like our bathroom, which is for privacy and cleansing and honoring our bodies. Our bedrooms are for sleep and rejuvenation or, you know, just peaceful, you know, or passion. Um, but But if you have it too jumbled up and too crowded with energy from other things, then it distracts you from the true purpose of the of the of the bedroom so okay, so just to wrap up um just a few more tips here um, the love it, use it or lose it, and walking up to your house with a clipboard. All right, so let's do the walk up to the house with the clipboard, and then you enter you know you're writing making notes, oh that gaslight or that lamp needs a new light bulb or oh boy that's looking a little you know that the doormat looks a little old I think I you know need need to replenish you know make it a little bit snappier okay so you get all that you've done your outside walking up but you also do an exterior check and you walk around your house and you see if there's anything that needs to be thrown away that is just old you're not using um you know I donate I have a pile for donate throw away um you know, and like a, another pile for like give to like a specific person. Um, you know, so you don't have to give everything to your donation places. You can give some things to, you know, friends and family. You know, I, I love giving that Frosty the Snowman to my friend because I knew she would enjoy it. But the main thing is is to do your exterior survey, write down everything that needs to be handled and done, and then um, and then walk in your front door. So you walk in your front door, you look around, you look – you know, what are you greeted with when you walk in that front door? And if you look over and you see a pile of this or a pile of that or this, you know, just see if it feels good to your eye and then walk through. If you have computers that don't work or printers that don't work, anything that doesn't work, get rid of it or get it fixed. 
you know, non-working things create sha chi because you're not using them, etc. Um, and then just make your list and don't get overwhelmed. You don't have to do everything overnight. Um, you know, and look in your closets, look in your drawers, what drawers need to be worked on, what closets need to be cleaned out. It's just a good practice to stay on top of your house. And trust me, you know, I'm always working on it. I don't know if I'll ever get everything done, but I, I make an effort. And um, uh, it's just overwhelming. I have I still have too much stuff. As much stuff as I have let go of, I still have too much stuff. But I'm working on it, and that is the main thing, um, is to continue working on it and to not give up. Just stay present with your life. So let's see what else I want to say, say about feng shui. Um, you know, it is very interesting. On my street, there have been four houses rehabbed since since my rehab. I rehabbed my house in 2010. The house across the street was sold, bought, rehabbed, resold, and the new owners of that house have continued its snappy. They put outside lighting shining up on the house. They painted the front door. They've done all these things, and it just feels fabulous. The house next door to me, the same thing happened to it. Um, the house was sold after being remodeled. The new owners totally, like, ripped all the carpeting out and everything else and redid hardwood floors, etc. And then they lived there for four years, they moved out, and then the new couple, you know, our new family moved in. Um, their house is fabulous. They keep, you know, they, they, um, there's been a new deck put on. There's been lots of newness put on. And then two other houses, I mean, four of the six immediate houses on my street have all been um, redone. And I and I, I kid you not, like when you look down our street, there's Christmas lights or holiday lights or during the summer, there's just a little more aliveness to our street. But um, people who come to my house say, I knew it was going to be your house because your house just invites you in. And, um, you know, and I work on this. So you want to continue always re re-updating you know your house it's just like you know when you when you clean your car your car represents the way you're traveling through life and so when you have a uh, a car that is clean on the inside and just feels feels good you know it feels different than a car that you get in that's a little bit you know cluttered or the windows are dirty or there's different things so your home is the same way and sparkly and shiny and bright even if it's not new you can feel the difference you can smell the difference. You know, when someone has used lemon oil or has used essential oils, um, you know, diffused in the house, you can feel the difference. You can smell it. You can, you know, you can hear that music playing. You know, you can, you know, look at the floors and, and feel the comfort of the floors and the beauty. Um, you can just feel it. Okay, so I'm also going to talk one more thing about um, too too much, having too much stuff. You know, um, I have a Nutcracker collection that was, you know, each of my three children received a Nutcracker each year for many years, and the plan was for them to take them to their new homes, and that hasn't happened yet because it's just they're still here. So over the years what I've done is I used to have all the Nutcrackers all together. Now I have some on the piano. I have some... You know, I have them strategic, not, well, I do actually have them strategically placed. In my relationship corner, I have um, 
I have two couples that are nutcrackers, a male and a female. And then um, in my children and creativity, I have different nutcrackers. In my career area, I have different nutcrackers. Going up the steps, I have different ones. So now you can see them. And before, when you had when there were too many, you could not see them because it was like a, a blur of nutcrackers. So by moving them around and setting them in different places with intention, it's created a whole new um, a whole new scenario and energy in my home. Okay, so I think. Oh my gosh, what else do I want to mention? Okay, so as a real estate agent, one of the things is that I actually offer um, the feng shui services as part of my. Um, you know, I feng shui the home. I. Uh, you know, to get it ready to put on the market, I make suggestions. Um, I, in most cases, ask my clients, are you open to me rearranging things and creating, you know, uh, and I've never had a client say no. Um, Now, I do remote feng shui real estate consultations because a lot of times houses won't sell and people will call me and they'll say, you know, can you please help me? Now, I can't be a real estate agent for someone in another state. I do referrals all the time, by the way. Um, and then I, you know, kind of chime in if the other agent and or client wants me to help. Um, you know, I don't intrude. But but I, um, I do referrals. I interview three different agents until I feel that I have the best match for my clients. Um, but I do do feng shui consultations remotely. So what does that mean? It means that... Um, if you're getting ready to put your house on the market, it's a really good idea to do a consultation with someone who knows what they're doing. Feng shui is the new staging of, of, of today. Feng shui real estate agents or real estate agents who use feng shui consultants know that it's cheaper than a stager. Um, although I actually use stagers too sometimes because it's easier to sell a house that, um, especially if it's a house that is a little bit challenging with, spatially with the rooms, and people can't envision what their furniture would look like in there, I will use staging, but then I rearrange the stager's furniture if it's not um, if it's not balanced, open feng shui. So I work remotely. I analyze the pictures. I analyze the description. You know, like, like a lot of times I get the challenges, the house that won't sell, you know, and, and supposedly it's, it's perfectly priced and all this, but then I analyze it. And I, I'll tell you, just by changing the photos or rearranging the furniture or whatever needs to be done, sometimes it's just simply the description that gets in the way, um, those changes can make all the difference. So, um, you know, and many of you know I have the clairvoyant intuitive cap. I can't really turn that off, okay? So I read the energy of houses and... Um, and the occupants. I mean, not that I go in and intrude, but you can't really turn it off. So, um, so these are the things that I offer. I, you know, I, I, I love doing feng shui. I love helping people change their lives. And um, I had one client who had me come back annually for four years until she made all the different changes that she wanted. And each year I would come back and she'd say, okay, remember last year when we talked about blah, 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 blah. Well, okay, I finished it. Let me show you the results. Okay, and this is where I'd like to go this year. And um, she would have me come to her home and do an hour feng shui consultation every December and then a 30-minute reading, um, spiritual intuitive reading. So that was just fabulous. I loved working with her and her whole life was, you know, just changed. Okay. 
has changed. Okay, so once again, Cindy Meyer. You can find information at spiritseeker.com or cindymeyer.com, which is C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R.com or cindymeyer.net. Um, and to reach me, info at cindymeyer.com or info at spiritseeker.com. And once again, Cindy Meyer is C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R. Please ask to be added to our email list. And um, I just wish you the best holiday season, and may you enjoy the happiness and joy that feng shui can bring to your life. I love it. So remember, love it, use it, or lose it. Okay, thank you for listening, and please share the show, and please like the show. And um, from my heart to yours, thanks so much.